just finished uh, a series of lessons, you know, where miracles live, and then we kind of uh, tagged on uh, um, some things about money, money madness the last couple weeks, and so we're kind of done with that. And so today I want to kind of go in a little different direction. Uh, maybe just one week, we might go a couple of weeks and, and take a break, and then going to come back with a, a series and kind of look at as we get towards Easter. Come on, y'all know that Easter's coming up in April, right? Come on, Easter is the biggest Sunday in the year for people who are Christians and non-Christians to come to church. So it's your opportunity to start talking to people and talking to them about Jesus and get those invite cards in people's hands and invite them to come to church and invite them to come to our Easter services. We'll be having a Good Friday service like we always do, the Friday before on Good Friday, have communion like we always do, and then we'll have some Easter services. So just be thinking about that. Uh, but, but, you know, in, in looking towards that in the next several weeks, uh, I've just been thinking about something I think that's uh, important for us that maybe uh, if you're new, uh, this is really going to be uh, um, um, I- interesting, hopefully, to you. Uh, you'll, you'll gain some insight. If you've been around the block, like I say, been a Christian for a while, uh, hopefully we'll put some water on your seed and let you grow a little bit more. And if, and if you're full grown, I mean, kind of like you've been around you know, for a long time and you know this, well, praise the Lord, we're going we're gonna to believe it. You can help somebody else grow. You're going to help, help somebody else be able to teach what you know to somebody else. So today what I want to do is talk about this subject that is, uh, what was of paramount importance to the Apostle Paul in, in the New Testament. Paul uh, wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. You know, he started writing you know, the book of Romans and Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. He wrote First and Second Timothy. He wrote the book of Titus. So, so Paul, book of Philemon, Paul wrote tons of the New Testament books, uh, and he had really interesting insight into who Jesus was in his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, not that j- just Jesus went to the cross, but uh, he went to the cross for us, but who Jesus is now seated in heaven and now who you are because of him come on you are something because of him everybody come on so we don't find our life we don't find ourselves in ourselves in and of ourselves we're we're not we're not saved because you did something great you're not you're not a child of god because you're just moral uh you you did something you received something you 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 acted on something which is causes you to be, be become born again but what I want to do is I just thought about this, this topic and this subject I think is important for us is, is what, what does it mean to be a spiritual person? You know, what, what does it mean to be a spiritual person? Uh, you know, I, I believe that everybody in the room, um, you, you know, we hear about spirituality. We hear about uh, uh, different things that different people believe about it. For, for some people, if you probably did a Google search and put, what's it mean to be spiritual? Probably the first thing that's going to show up is, is a bunch of people sitting down in, in a, a yoga-type position with, with their hands out, a chanting. Or, or if you go to Sedona, Arizona, what to be a spiritual person over there is, is you get some rocks and you look at them as some crystals and you go away. And to be a spiritual person and some uh, different areas, uh, you, you know, you've you, you got to look a certain way, act a certain way, dress a certain way. Uh, but what we want to find out from the Bible is, is what does it mean to be a spiritual person? I believe everybody in the room, I, I believe you're here whether you realize it or not, because you're hungering and desiring. I want to know what, maybe you wouldn't phrase it this way, but how can my life with God be better? How can I know Him? And if the Bible's true, how can I hear it? How can I understand it? How can I kind of like grow? How can I develop? How can I change? I've got some stuff. If God's real and I'm trusting he is, maybe you're taking a step toward him. How how can I get more of you working in my life? How can I be a spiritual person? Let me kind of tell you what it's not, you know, just some thoughts. Um, It's not you carrying a big Bible. It's not you having a big cross on your neck. A a spiritual person isn't a guy with a big long robe with a hat, you know, with, with, with incense. That doesn't mean you're a spiritual person. A, a spiritual person doesn't even mean you go to church every week. 
A spiritual person doesn't even mean, uh, you know, that, that, well, they just look holy. Uh, again, uh, in some groups, and some maybe you were one of these, or maybe you still are, uh, a spiritual person wears your hair a certain way, up a certain way, certain length, certain, certain dress style. Uh, a spiritual person can uh, quote all the 66 books of the Bible. That's a spiritual person. A spiritual person knows the books of the Bible or, or can say different scriptures. And a spiritual person uh, uh, j- just kind of like uh, is always at church. You know, a spiritual person, they're there Sunday morning, Sunday night. Some of y'all grew up there. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They're there for uh, Bible study Wednesday night. They're there for outreaches on Saturday. They're there for prayer meeting Friday night. They're always at church. That is a spiritual person. Uh, but the problem is, is that that's just not what the Bible says. So so let me just encourage you, just as you think about a spiritual person, because I know this is where some of y'all are at. When you think a spiritual person, you think spiritual and not fun go hand in hand. That's not what the Bible says. They're not connected. Spiritual and dead are not connected. On the contrary, if you are a spiritual person, you're going to be full of life, full of joy. Come on, excited. God's going to do something in your life. You're just full of being alive, man. I'm just glad I'm alive. Jesus is in me. Like like I can tell y'all are spiritual this morning by your reaction. I know you are. It's early. Come on. I'm, I, that, that, I shouldn't have said that. It's early. I know that. So let's go to the Word of God and let's just find out what the Bible says about how you and I can be a spiritual person. Let's just look. Is that all right? Can we do that today? Come on. Let's look at this. First Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians 3. Let's check this out. The Apostle Paul is writing again to the church at Corinth. And here's what he says in verse 1. And I, brethren, brothers, sisters... I could not speak to you as to spiritual people. Look at this. I could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as carnal people, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it, receive the solid food. Even now, he says, you're still not able. Verse 3. For you are still carnal. For where there's envy, strife, and divisions among you, Are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Wow, what a great scripture. What what a kind of challenging scripture. The Apostle Paul is just kind of, you know, if I was looking at this and and I'm reading this again, remember, Paul had a a relationship with these people. So uh, Paul is is not throwing, you know, not not hiding any punches, we could say, with the the Corinthians. He's just laying it out there. He's not holding anything back. It's like like Paul says, you know, if if you were there and you're kind of that guy, you'd just be saying, give it to me straight, Paul. Just give it to me straight. Okay, here it is right here. Y'all are carnal. Uh, y'all aren't even spiritual people. He says, you're behaving like mere men. Y- y'all are babies. How many know if we said that in North America, if I said that to you like today, probably a lot of people go, this is probably my last Sunday. Probably my last Sunday. <laughs> so I'm not saying that. I'm just reading the Bible. That's all I'm doing this morning, right? I'm just reading the Bible. So Paul says this, Paul says this, check it out. I I wanted to talk to you a certain way, but I couldn't talk to you a certain way. I had to change what I wanted to say to you. I had to change what I wanted to teach you because he said, you're still a baby. You can't receive it. 
Now, everybody in the room, that's a mom or a dad, or everybody in the room is an aunt or uncle, and you've been there, and you've, the baby is there, and, and, and you've got, you know, the baby's growing a little bit. I don't know, help me, moms, five, four months, five months, they can sit up a little bit in the high chair, maybe six months, maybe seven months. You put them in the high chair, they're off the, I mean, they're still on the breast, they're still, you know, receiving milk that way from mom, but, but you're going to move them to, you know, a little bit food stuff. And so, so you know the deal. You put, you put them in the high chair, and they're a little bit deal, and they're a little bit wobbly, and you put them, you strap them in, and they're there, and then you get your little Gerbers, or I don't know, some of you guys get the goo packs now come on god bless you goo pack mamas and you get the goo pack and you put on a little spoon and you go here 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 and, and then they put it in their mouth what do they do and they're, is that is it coming out they can't even receive it yet you're 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 getting with them come on you're, you're working with them and then you know what you do you get there and you start opening your mouth right what you're trying to teach them, teach them, you need to eat this. You're, you're, you're a baby. We're trying to get other food in you. So, so, so the opportunity for you to grow is going to be there because Paul says, I fed you with milk and not solid food because you up until now are not able to receive it. So he says, you eating food isn't up to God. It's up to you. It's up to you. I wanted to feed you something different, but you couldn't chew it, he says. You couldn't swallow it. So Paul talks about milk versus solid food, and Paul is talking about spiritual growth. Paul expected the Corinthian church to grow because God expects his body to grow. You and I are the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. We are the body. If the head is a certain size... The body is to mimic the size of the head. Every child, like for instance, I've got four grandkids and I've got three young grandkids, four and under. And they always, the kids take them to the doctor and they come back and say they are in the such and such percentile. Y'all parents know that. Because measuring the child's height, measuring the child's ability is indicative of are they growing. And if they're not growing... There's some warning signs. Something maybe is not, maybe they're just small in stature, like my two kids in Vegas, a big dad and a big mom, a bigger mom, bigger bone. They, well, come on, got, they got some big grandkids over there. Uh, but now here are Tony and Brittany. Uh, Tony's not real tall. Brittany's, you know, kind of thinner. And so when Taylor was born, Taylor, Taylor's small. She's only, I think now they told me, in the 44th percentile. Now my kids in Vegas, they're in the 199th percentile. Come on, they're like... The giant race has come on in Vegas. I mean, they're just big kids. God expects us to grow. He expects us to grow. And the way we're going to grow is by changing our diet. Got to change the diet. So we're not supposed to stay the same, the Apostle Paul says. Spiritual growth is the will of God. The Scriptures on the Old Testament say a couple different things. We're to go from glory to glory, meaning growth. We're to go from strength to strength, meaning growth. We're to grow from faith to faith, meaning growth. We're, we're not to stay the same, and it's not supposed to ever be dormant. So, uh, so just look on the screen. This thought, I think, is important for us. Uh, a spiritual person's lifestyle lines up with their belief style. Because Paul says this, are you not just carnal, behaving like mere men? Notice, behaving like mere men. In other words, you're a mere man and your behavior is indicative of that. Your behavior is showing who you really are. 
and I want your behavior to be changed. I, you're, you're, you're acting, different translation says you're, you're acting like mere men. You're unchanged. He says, Corinthian church, you're, you're worldly. He says, you guys are only human. Only human. Only human. Only, you're only acting human. Every person that makes Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you no longer are relegated to only living a human existence. You now have the opportunity to live from your spirit, from the spirit realm, which God and Jesus Christ is Lord, where then all things can happen to you according to what the Word of God says. You're no longer just human. You're no longer just relegated to what goes on in everybody else's life that's living just a natural human experience because you are a spirit being. You're a spiritual being having a natural experience. You're not a natural being now having a spiritual experience. You're born of the Spirit. You're filled with the Spirit. You're led by the Spirit. You're not a mere man or woman any longer. That's what the Scripture says. So a spiritual person, Paul is saying in writing to this church, a spiritual person, we could say this way, think saved, talk saved, act saved, live saved, serve saved. Why? Because they are saved. They're spiritual. So I'm spiritual. So my thinking changes. My talking changes. My acting changes. My living changes. My serving changes because I'm a spiritual person. First uh, Peter, First Peter chapter two. Look at this. We've got it here on the screen uh, um, in the Passion translation. Check it out. Peter's writing to uh, churches of Galatia, many churches, and he says this: In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk. You must intensely crave the, the pure spiritual milk of God's Word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Check it out. So this milk will be the starting point, which will cause you to experience spiritual growth, is what he says. In the same way that nursing infants cry, right? They're hungry. What, hey, come on, you moms, help me out. Every, every, every what, four hours at least with a, nursing, with a nursing baby? Come on, every four hours? Come on, some of y'all, uh, the baby, uh, what do you got to do? You got to get up, the crib's next to the bed, you got to nurse the baby. Why? Why? They're growing, they need it. They, they need it constantly, 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 constantly. Constantly. You need the Word of God constantly, 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 constantly. If you're gonna he if you're gonna grow, you need the Word of God constantly, constantly, constantly. Come on, come count me out here, church. Constantly. You it's not if, if if your word intake is a Sunday morning for me, you are not gonna grow. I'm telling you flat out. You're gonna be a defeated Christian and you're gonna find yourself in a category we're gonna talk about here in a minute, and you're not gonna like the categories. I'm gonna tell you right now, you are not gonna like these categories. If you don't shake yourself and say, doggone it, I'm going to grow. I'm going to get me some growth hormone. I'm not going down there getting something crazy. Some, I'm not going to go down somewhere in the back alley somewhere and get a little needle, you know, put, put up in here where I can grow and get the steroids and, and I'm going to do quick overnight. You know, I'm going to get something that's kind of fake. No, 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 no. I'm going to put the work in. Come on. I'm, I'm going to the Bible gym every day. 
I'm preaching way better than I know the nine of the eleven fifteen is going to shout me down. I know it's early. I know it's early. But what this scripture tells us, listen, look, look, if you have milk, milk is necessary. Milk is necessary, but you got to proceed past milk. Milk will cause you to grow is what this scripture says. So I got to crave it. I got to desire it. How? How do I crave it? This is where some of y'all are at. Uh, you see the Bible. You see your phone. We got it all right here. We got you version. We got stuff. We got podcasts. We got videos. We got YouTube. We got teaching everywhere all around the world. Yet we're still anemic spiritually. Why? Desire. Desire. If you crave and desire it, you're going to grow. I'm going to Tennessee in a couple of weeks to see my mom. She turns 85 in June, and man, you know, she's just getting old. So I want to see her before she goes sees Jesus, right? I just want to be a good son. So I'm going to go. I grew up in Tennessee. And there's a place that I've been eating since I was a kid. It's called Ridgewood Barbecue. And it's up in the, it's a crazy place. You wouldn't even know. It's off in the back somewhere. It's in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of the side of a mountain. It used to be when I started eating there, it was a little house, and it had a trailer attached to the house. And they were cooking barbecue out there. And the requirement, if you were going to be a waitress there, is I think you had to weigh about 290 pounds and you had to have a mustache. Come on, somebody. Welcome to the South. Come on, everybody. Welcome to the South. And they were cooking barbecue out there. And I'm telling you what, that barbecue would just make you slap somebody. It was so good. And so I'm going back there. And I already told my mom, I'm coming back. And guess what we're going to do on Tuesday night, Mom? I'm taking you to Ridgewood Barbecue. I'm, I'm thinking about Ridgewood Barbecue. I'm desiring Ridgewood Barbecue. Yeah, I'm going to get a beef sandwich. I'm going to get fries. I'm going to split with my mom. I'm going to get some coleslaw and some baked beans. And I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to eat somebody else's if there's more left. I'm, desi- I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm desiring it. I'm craving it. And what's that cause? All of a sudden, my attention and my focus is changing. It just changes. It just changes. I'm pursuing it. I'm thinking. So what am I going to do with the Word of God? I'm going to think about it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to say, your Word's alive. Your Word's living. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to be who you want me to be. So I'm going to start changing my diet. I'm going to crave, is what he says. You'll become fully nursed and strong, even being a baby, if you'll desire just the milk. I'm going to start. I'm going to start. Uh, maybe I'm not there, but this is where I am right now. I'm going to start. I go to the gym regularly, and it's amazing when I see, like, I, I'm always challenged when I see girls at the gym lifting more weight than me. Come on, somebody. Like these girls get over on the squat machine, and they're squatting some heavy weight, and I'm going, my Lord and oh my God. I mean, but what? They didn't get there overnight, but they, they worked it up. They worked it up. And so I know if they can do it, I can do it if that's what I want to do. I want to desire the Word of God so I can grow, so I can be who God wants me to be. Because who I am right now, I don't want to stay here. I want to grow. I want God to use me more. Come on, everybody. Amen? But he says milk's not enough. Milk's not enough. Now, what happens with you moms, and I don't want to get too personal here, but it's, but it's, it's freaky when a mom has nursed a child, and then that baby starts having growing teeth. Nursing, teeth and nursing are difficult on moms. All the moms said, Amen. Yeah. So teeth speak of a diet change coming. So let me ask you. Do you have spiritual teeth? Are you growing? Come on, are you growing? 
Look what he says in verse uh, in Hebrews five twelve. Hebrews five twelve. For though by this time the writer of Hebrews is kind of just tagging up, we don't know who wrote this, but they're just tagging up right here with us. For though by this time he says, writing to a church, writing to people, the Hebrews, but by this time you guys ought to be teachers. By this time you ought to be teachers. He's saying the same thing. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You've come to need milk and not solid food. He, he, he says it again. He, he says, man, the, the writer of the Hebrews just kind of dovetails with, with, with Paul in 1 Corinthians. He says, uh, man, man, spiritual growth, he's telling him, it's progressive. It's not static. It's not static. You need someone to teach you again what you knew before. Why? Because you didn't get it the first time, and I'm expecting you to grow. I'm expecting you to grow. So to become a spiritual person, what's it mean to become a spiritual person? Number one, you've got to be committed to growth. You just got to be committed to grow. I'm here to grow. I'm going to grow in my marriage. I'm going to grow as a pastor. I'm going to grow as a dad. I'm going to grow as a leader. I'm going to grow as a prayer. I'm going to grow as a person who walks by faith, not by sight. I'm going to grow as a person who loves, blesses. I'm going to be a, grow as a person who includes, who invites. I'm going to grow as a person who gives and who just is generous in my life. I'm planning on growing. How about y'all? Come on, how about the rest of y'all? Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what, what, what he's telling us here, again, that you, 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 look what he says. You, you need me to tell you again the, the oracles of God. You, you, you come to need milk again. Come on, you come to need milk again. Now, now it's, it, it's, it's, it's true. We've seen this with people. Maybe as they grow older and they, they've got gum problems and they've had you know, disease in their mouth and, and now, they, now, now they don't have teeth and so it's, so it's tough for them to chew or maybe they got their teeth or disease and so they have to have soft food and all. So, so, so we're not talking about that. We're just saying, as I grow, I've I got to be able to have solid food. I've got to be able to have some hard conversations with God and let somebody have some hard conversations with me and be okay. And not run away scared. Not run away. I gotta have some teeth. I gotta have some teeth. So what, what Paul or whoever the writer of, of, of Hebrews is saying is, is this also to, to grow spiritually. I gotta be a self feeder. I gotta be a self feeder. I, I gotta be a self feeder. I gotta be able to go to the Word of God. I've gotta be able to read. I've gotta be able to start understanding. I gotta be able to pray. If God's in me, if the Word of God is true. I want to grow, and I want to change, and I want to be who you want me to be. And so, so I'm asking you to help me. Holy Spirit, you're in me. You are called the teacher, so teach me about the Word of God. I'm, I'm here to grow. I, if, I, if I'm waiting for you to invite me over to your house to feed me, I'm not going to be successful. <laughs> I've got to learn how to feed myself. Feed myself. I, I can learn how to dig it out. I can learn how to go to the cupboard of the Word of God and pull out the, pull out the flour and, and pull out the whatever and make a meal and be able, to, be able to feed myself. And you do too. He goes on to say in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13, Every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, whose spiritual senses have perceived heavenly matters. And they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. He says they've been adequately trained. In other words, there's been ongoing spiritual training. It's not like I did that. It's not like, okay, like me, I went to Bible school in 1982 to 1984. I've done that. I got it. I was there, you know, 
four hours a day for two years. I was there. No, no. If that's all the training I got, if that's all I did, I'm not going to be successful. Oh, I read that. I, I heard that. I read the Gospel of John. Cool, cool. Don't you believe that every time you read it, you're going to get something new? A couple things. Spiritual person. Look on the screen. A spiritual person, based on this scripture, tells us is going to have revelation and understanding. Revelation understanding. God's going to show you stuff. God's going to allow you to understand some stuff because you are pressing in. You're saying, I want a diet change. I'm going to start drinking milk. I'm going to start drinking. I'm going to hunger. I'm going to desire. I'm going to crave. I'm going to crave it. I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the word every day. I'm going to get with you every day. I'm going to have some Bible time every day. And, and, and a spiritual person, all of a sudden, I'm going to start seeing some things. I'm going to start understanding some things I can't up, up, have up until now. And then he goes on to say a spiritual person is going to perceive things beyond this world. He actually says, the writer here says, heavenly matters. When's the last time, just, just, you, just between you, you, you and you, when's the last time anything from heaven entered your consciousness? Or is it all earthbound? Writer's just pegging us. He's pegging us. A, a spiritual person, based on this writing, knows their experiences must line up with the Word of God. So a spiritual person is able to look at things and go, okay, man, that, 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 that's not God, and, and this is God. A spiritual person doesn't eat everything. No, that's not right. No, that's not right. And my own experiences that, that, that your flesh or, the, or, 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 or you desire to do or things that, you, that maybe you want to do. or No, 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 no. That's not, that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Why? Because I'm not going to go there because I'm a spiritual person. I'm a spiritual person. I'm not a mere man. I'm not a natural man. I'm not a carnal man or woman. Man is generic, by the way. A spiritual person, he concludes with this thought, these scriptures, discerns what's of God and what's not of God. I can tell that's of God, that's not of God. Why? I'm a spiritual person. <laughs> I know that's right and that's wrong. Why? There's no gray. There's no, there's no gray. There's no gray. That's right. That's wrong. Why? I'm a spiritual person. Not judgmental. We'll talk about that in a minute. Not critical. Not negative. Just no. That's a cat and that's a dog. <laughs> Why? I know. I know. Why? You're a spiritual person. You're able to discern, discern what's the will of God, what's not the will of God, what I should do, what I shouldn't do, who I should date, who I shouldn't date, who I should marry, who I shouldn't marry, what job I should take, what job I shouldn't take. I can discern. Why? I'm a spiritual person. God's living in me. Thank you for your enthusiasm, everybody, this morning. That's all right. Just lean in. Here we go. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. I love this scripture. NIV. It says this, continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul, again, writes to the Philippian church, again, the church, work out your own salvation. Just, just work out what God's, what, 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 what God's got in your life. Work out, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Like, like God, you've, you've got this in my life. You've, you've called me. You, 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 your plan is in my life. Your purpose is in my life. You've saved me for a reason. Now, now I've got to work out what you put in me. I, the grace of God on my life. The call of God on my life. I've got to work it out in daily application. Why? Because I'm a spiritual person. So we say this. A spiritual person is working out what God has put within. 
So God's put something in you. He's put salvation in you. He's put the new birth in you. He's put the call of God in you. He's put the will of God in you. So now there's got to be application that I work it out in my daily living. I work out what God wants me to do. I work out. I, I work it out. I work it out. Or else it will not work out. Otherwise, I'll be just a mere man. Otherwise, I'm just going to go through life like everybody else. Having what everybody else has. Living just a vanilla life. Never seeing the supernatural power of God working in my and your life. Because we're just acting like mere, carnal, natural people. When yet, Jesus Christ lives in us. Come on, everybody. Come on, it gets worse. Galatians 6. No, this was great. Galatians 6, verse 1. Check it out. Again, here we are. We, 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 we've read Corinthians. We've read Hebrews. We've read Philippians. All these letters to churches. Now, now here's another church, the church of Galatia. And the writer Paul, the apostle, says this. Brothers, if you're overtaken in any trespass, Brothers, if any person, any man is overtaken in a sin or trespass, a misgiving, if anybody's got involved in something just awful, if anybody's just slipped, if anybody's gotten off the bandwagon, if anybody went back to the old lifestyle, look what he says. You who are spiritual. Come on, say spiritual. Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be also tempted, he says. So notice again. Brothers, anybody in a trespass, anybody going through difficulty, anybody in your church, anybody around that, that was once with God and now kind of like slipped back away from God. He says, you who are spiritual, go to him. Restore him. Restore him. Restore him. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, restore him. Come on, restore him. So come on, who, who around church, who do you know that used to be in and out? Who do you know that used to be on fire and got no fire? Come on, who do you know right now that was serving God up in here and then all of a sudden they're out in there? He says, you who are spiritual. So evidently, Paul is expecting people in the church of Galatia to be, number one, spiritual. He expects them to be spiritual. And if you are spiritual, he says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to restore. Is that what he says? I'm not making this up. Come on, I'm just reading the Bible. Restore them in a spirit of gentleness. And he says, make, make, make sure when you do it, you check on yourself. You check on yourself. Make, make sure you do it gently. Now, I've known a lot of people restored people. And it wasn't gently. It was nasty. Like, uh, you know, like, like, like I, I've heard stuff, crazy stuff in church, man. Come on, if you want to crazy stuff in some churches, not around here, but I, I, I heard a story, God help me, that there was a girl in church, a young girl, young, I mean, young, like 15, got pregnant, and, and, you know, I mean, got pregnant, and, and they paraded her up in front of the church. Huh. How many know that girl's probably not serving God today? That's crazy. That ain't gentle. That's foolish. That's stupid. That's dishonoring them and dishonoring God. Restore them in a spirit of gentleness. Why? You want to help people, right? Come on. Anybody beside me need some help? Yeah. Yeah. So a spiritual person is restoration-minded, not judgment-minded. They do it in the right spirit, gentle spirit, not a harsh spirit, not a mean spirit. You, who are spiritual. Guys, Shula Vista is filled with thousands of people who used to be in who are no longer in because something went on in their life. And number one, they think God's against them, or maybe the church came against them. 
you who are spiritual. Go restore them. They work where you work. They shop where you shop. They, 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 they play baseball on your kids' teams. They, they go to dance with your kids. They, they hang out with you, you, you kids, you college kids in school. You who are spiritual, restore them in a spirit of gentleness. Come on. Come on. Our church isn't like that. Come on. Come back to church. Come on. God's got a plan for your life. Come on. You who are spiritual. Or else we're just real quick to say, you know, you've just done something too bad. No, 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 no. That means you're not spiritual. Because how many believe there would be one person, ought to be a lot, but there'd be just one person in the Bible that if ever I would think he probably couldn't get back on the team would be Peter. He denied Jesus three times. Denied him right before he went to the cross three times. And Jesus, after he was resurrected from the dead, tells the disciples when he showed up in a room after the resurrection, he says, y'all go tell the disciples, and by the way, tell Peter I'm alive. Come on, somebody. He put Peter back on the team. Why? Because Jesus is spiritual. And so are you. And he wants you to reach people. He wants you to help people, bless people. Amen. So here's where it gets dicey. Here's where you're going to find yourself. In one of three of these categories. Here's all there are. There's not four. There's not five. And there's not one or two. There's three categories of every single human being. Black, white, Latino, Asian, Hispanic, Chinese, whoever, wherever. Every nation, every culture, every tribe is in one of these three places, the Bible says. One of these categories. Here they are, number one. Fleshly people. These people are not born again. They're separated from God. They can be good, moral, and overall happy. They're just not saved. Their spirit man is not connected to God. They can be successful and prosperous. But this person will spend eternity separated from God. The Bible calls them blessed. The remedy is that this person has to get born again. Like every person in the room who's made Jesus the Lord of your life, including me. This was me. This was me before I said yes to Jesus. This is everybody of every race, of every, the cutest little baby on the planet is born only fleshly. Did no sin. Did nothing wrong. Just because they came to this earth born of a mom and a dad who are on the earth. That's why we need a Savior. We need a Redeemer. Or else we will just be fleshly, mere men. Separated from God. Got a big house, did some vacations, got a family, did the soccer thing, did the Disney thing, bought a yearly pass, had fun, we ate out, we went to the beach, we took ski trips, retired, had grandkids, everything's great. Die separate from God. Second group. Also the carnal. The carnal. These people are born again, but they allow worldly influence and wrong desires to lead them. They're up and down. They're in and out of the will of God. They're led by their emotions. They're led by their feelings. They're led by their circumstances. Paul says, these are 